Hi, today is February 16th, 2024, and my name is Juni. Welcome to the Theta Game Podcast. I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or a graduate of finance, just a trader that started on Wall Street Bets years ago. I've lost a lot of money and made all of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my trades, system, and experiences all for free. You can view all my trades for free at thetagang.com slash juni and email me any questions that I'll answer on the podcast at juni at thetagang.com. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every weekday at least an hour at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come hang out, ask me questions, vent, or just chill. It's a positive environment and everyone is welcome at twitch.tv slash real thetagang. Thank you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What is going on? You might hear uh, that my volume sounds a little bit different. I'm seeing on my audio recording software that my mic is a little bit louder than normal, but it also sounds more normal when I play it back. So if this was a bit of a shock of volume, um, because it's this is a bit louder than a typical episode, might be, might be. But uh, I think this is also going to be the new norm. It's news to me. Uh, it totally slipped my radar, but February 19th is Washington's birthday, and uh, the stock market is closed. I had no idea that the stock market observed that. But anyhow, um, I have exciting news. I recorded and finished editing the YouTube video that I've you know, so sparingly talked about in the podcast. And uh, yeah, it went through multiple revisions with the Twitch stream. I'd show the Twitch stream, the earlier versions of it, and we would like talk about, oh, this part of the video is weak, this part of the video is great, but maybe this could be better. Lots of good feedback, and uh, I'm very proud to have it done. I've, in fact, had a premiere set up for it, which is a fancy feature where you get to watch the very first showing of the YouTube video with a crowd, and I had that scheduled for Monday, but I totally forgot that it's Washington's birthday and the start market isn't open. So the stream will still be happening on Monday, but I'll premiere the video on Tuesday's stream uh, when you know everyone's alive and awake for the stock market. The video is titled, I Escaped from Wall Street Bets. Uh, the channel name is Real Theta Gang, and my YouTube name is Juni. They have like a difference of handling the usernames versus handles. Um, but anyway, if you find it, um, go ahead and give it a watch, give it a like if you'd like, but in the video, it tells my, you know, very high overview story of how I went from losing a lot of money on Wall Street bets to where I am today. And I filled it, jam-packed it with screenshots and my actual tax documents to sort of prove that like, you know, what I'm saying is true cuz I thought about just having memes and stuff the entire time, but I really feel like you get a really good grasp on like, wow, yeah, this dude is actually showing his taxes. So uh, it's a little bit more believable for those that might be a little bit more skeptical. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. So with that said, I didn't have that much time to write down earnings notes for this week. Uh, just know that earnings have been going on. Just because I don't report it on the show doesn't mean that they don't happen, obviously. But today I wanted to flip the script a little bit. I want to go and find you know a question on one of the subreddits, whether it be Wall Street Bets, uh, our theta gang or our options and uh, answer some of them with from my point of view 
I think this gives a little bit of insight in how I might approach different problems I haven't brought up in the podcast before. Um, but then it also benefits anyone that might be listening that also has that same problem. And then lastly, if you wanted to maybe mention that, hey, this random dude on the internet mentioned you on the podcast and answered your question, that'd be kind of cool too. So we'll see how far this goes. This will probably be the main theme of season three of the podcast is just like helping other people. Uh, but excited to see what our first question is today. So I want R theta gang, and I thought this question might be a good one to start off with. It says or asks, what is the right way to sell a covered call when the value has gone down 20%? It gives a little bit more detail to the question uh, when you click on it. It says, let's say I have a thousand shares of stock X that costs 50K total at 50 per share. If the stock is now trading at $40, what is the right way to sell covered calls accounting for a price increase again? What strikes and deltas should I go for? And would you purchase more shares at the current strike price? So there are many ways to answer this question. Lots of different trading styles, trading preferences. One thing that does make this entire process easier is one single step. If we do all the due diligence in the world and we check off all the boxes that makes this seem like it's safe to go in, we have to make sure that this stock is something that we don't mind dollar cost averaging into. You can see if like maybe you purchased random stock for the sake of diversifying and then you had to start maybe dollar cost averaging uh, a losing position that it'd be hard to dollar cost average into something that you don't believe in. So as we go into more and more of the solution that I would personally do, uh, I would highly advise anyone that's you know doing this options trading stuff that you focus on stocks that you are generally interested in. I'd say the next level up from there is that you only trade stocks that you really love and that you love using. The products are cool. The services are cool. Just having some emotional stake in the stock is helpful. Not to be confused with only trading on emotion, but it does help a lot if you're just intrinsically motivated about the stock. Trying to, say, dollar cost average on a healthcare company when you don't give uh, a flying whatever about healthcare is really hard. Uh, say, for example, you're trying dollar cost average into a stock like Ford and you just don't care about cars at all. It's just a little different than if you were to, say, be a nerd like me and maybe trade Nvidia or maybe you sell st stuff on Shopify, then maybe it's easier to sh trade Shopify than the next person. All right. Now going back to the root problem of your stock going down 20% after you sold the covered call. I'd say the easiest answer and the most straightforward answer that I would give is to dollar cost average. It's very obvious, right? If you like the company, if you love the company, why wouldn't you mind you know, buying more? Um, this is very much easier said than done because people get lured into buying stocks that they might not love on their own. Maybe someone recommended it to them, so they start asking other people, are you guys adding at this price? But you know, if you go into a stock, again, that you intrinsically love or that you have emotional connection to or that you love keeping the, up with the news with, you can make this assumption or this judgment on your own much better. 
when to dollar cost average is probably one of the trickier parts of this question. Traditional dollar cost averaging assumes that you're investing on a very regular schedule. So if you're down 20% on the stock, you can maybe buy like four shares of this stock like every week for like the next year. And chances are, if this company is very responsible, makes money, they have a P&E ratio, uh, and their revenue is increasing reliably, then yes, you can probably be safe in assuming that, yeah, if I dollar cost average for a year, I should be able to get out of this okay. That answers the most worrying part about the question where Weebles at the very end asks, would you also purchase more shares at the current strike price? Um, because only you can make up that decision. Dollar cost averaging takes a lot of that emotional part out of the way. But if you made that emotional decision to get into something that you love investing in, that you love using the products of, the, of the services of, then investing or dollar cost averaging at the current strike price or tomorrow's, tomorrow's price or the price after that next week, you, it'll always be a good time. As long as you do it on a regular interval for a prolonged period of time, you should end up okay. Whew, okay. So now that maybe you consider dollar cost averaging part of the solution, next becomes, well, you already have a thousand shares of stock X. Do you do anything in terms of cover calls with that stock X? If you're down 20% from the last time you sold covered calls, there's a really large chance that covered calls at your break even or at your cost basis uh, will not make any sense to write. For example, because the calls that you're selling are so far away from the money, because the stock has gone down 20%, you're getting paid only a few dollars. Some might think, hey, a few dollars is better than nothing, but you know, being seasoned and having done this for four years, I start to realize if there's a chance that it'll go up 20%, the chance of it also going up to 30% is even more. And if you do the math there of receiving, you know, only a few dollars for capping your possible moonshot lotto gain of maybe the stock going back up 30%, um, then it doesn't seem to be worth it. And you can easily test this yourself, right? Like if you are just totally on the on the fady gang side and saying every dollar matters uh, because this is free money and I'm selling contracts to Wall Street bets. You know, you can also think about this as like the Wall Street bets person that wins uh, that really rare call are buying these covered calls that are being written, right? Your covered call just went down 20%. If you write one 20% out of the money, those are typically the ones that Wall Street bets are buying. They're their buy side of the covered call. And while they might lose more often than not, sometimes they do win. By not selling the $50 strike price covered calls, we're essentially saying, you know what, keep your few dollars. I'd rather keep my shares naked in the event that we keep going down, uh, but there is also that chance we could keep going up and I could write better covered calls later, or if we moon, I'm not capping my gains for a few dollars. The next question that usually pops up is then, you know, Junie, I get it. I'm not going to sell the 20% out of the money covered calls. They give me too little benefit for the risk of, you know, if the stock moons. And they also don't benefit me nearly as much if the stock goes down because I'm only getting paid a few dollars. So what about the ones that are closer to the money? 
those still seem to be paying me a good bunch. This is where I draw the line. Um, from my personal experience, I think selling covered calls below your cost basis with the premium that you included on your original covered calls is such a trap. A lot of people start reasoning that, you know what, I think because the stock went down 20% already, I think it's going to keep going down. And what happens is people get overly confident or they might you know, just tilt. This could also be an example of tilting behavior. Uh, they think it's going to just keep going down, and so they want to make as much money as they can on covered calls on the way down, and they start selling covered calls below their cost basis. And that means if the shares do end up going up and get called away, they'll end up selling their shares for a loss, which is fine for some people. I think a lot of people on the internet, a lot of people that trade stocks like to justify, you know, oh, I got out of the stock, uh, it was a bad stock, I'm glad I got out early. And I think there's a lot of merit to that if you're trading a stock that you once believed in and you didn't believe in it anymore and then you're actually okay with just exiting for a loss. I think that's totally fine. I've done that before with PayPal as well. Uh, back in 2022, um, my shares got called away below my cost basis and I was just happy to get out of the stock. The stock kept on going down more and it was a happy ending. But the thing is, we shouldn't make this a habit, you know, once or twice a year, maybe. But we shouldn't get in the routine of using covered calls to exit strategies when you're red. And so there's a happy medium here where you are dollar cost averaging in the background because we love this stock. We like this stock. We like the services. We like the products. So dollar cost averaging is something that we already just regularly do. We're working on the cost basis, and when it starts making sense uh, to sell cover calls, when it's giving a fair amount of premium above our new cost basis that we're working down on with dollar cost averaging, that's when we sell the cover calls. For example, when you bought the thousand shares of stock X uh, for fifty dollars a share, then you know you might log that in a spreadsheet. You might log down ThetaGain.com, and then when you receive premium from your cover call. Back right before it dropped 20%, you've now collected that premium and you lowered your break even. So then you have to go back into your spreadsheet or go back into thetagain.com and then log that you've collected this cover call premium and then boom, now you know that maybe your cost basis is you know maybe $48 a share. Still pretty far out the money and your you know your cover call probably won't pay you that much, but your dollar cost averaging, your dollar cost averaging, breaking it down from 48 to maybe 47 down to 46 and then down to 45 ooh 45 cover call that pays me maybe 40 bucks per lot or maybe 30 dollars per lot but you know as you are breaking down this break even with dollar cost averaging you can see how now you start to get your cover calls to make sense without risking your shares ever getting called away and then you're like but Junie this is going to take forever what about opportunity cost? Can I just exit this stock X position for a loss and then put that money to use somewhere else? I know for sure that I will win my next play. So I just want to move this money to my next play instead of trying to work the cost basis down. And to that, I say that's the beauty of psychology in finance. Um, and this is where preferences come in. You can always justify anything that you do in the stock market. Like, I don't know all the answers. I don't know all the tricks. 
but I do know what works for me. Me tackling a cost basis or breaking down the break even has made me very profitable in the last four years. I've shown every single trade. I've been through this over and over again. If you think I've traded four years and had the best timing for four years straight, you'd be so wrong. I've had many positions start off red where I worked on recovered calls for a very long time and it would eventually turn green using this very same system. To me, it's a little dangerous to you know, exit from something as large as a 50K total position at $50 per share and write it off as like, oh, uh, you know what? I'll just do better on my next one. Boom. But there's always the double-edged sword. What if this stock X that you talk about is actually not a good stock? Maybe it's very volatile. Maybe it's like a, again, like a biopharmaceutical stock. Maybe it's trading oil. Maybe this is futures or, you know, something very dangerous. Then, yeah, I would probably say maybe pack up your bags and then move your position to something safer. But assuming that this stock is responsible, large market cap, comes out with great products and services that you love and use, then I think you should give it more of a chance. Just be more open to it, right? Like, especially if maybe you're tilted, maybe you just feel like you need to take a break, then maybe one last time we exit out for a loss, we reflect and we say, you know what, this next position that we're going to go in, I'm going to go in with a total that's maybe 10K instead of 50K. So I wouldn't even be stressing about this scenario. Maybe I'm more willing to work down a break even that's on a 10K position when I'm not risking so much of opportunity cost rather than a 50K position like we have right now. I also love how Weebles sort of asks, you know, what strikes in Delta should I go for? And to that, that's just whatever strikes start paying you enough money where you yourself think it's worth it. I don't like selling cover calls that give me too little because I'd rather just keep the shares naked in the event that they do moon again. If something went down 20%, the chances of it going up back up to that number is pretty high too. I, I imagine 20% is pretty volatile. We're trading a very volatile stock. The chance of a good news event coming out is pretty good too. Uh, so while that might be some copium or hopium, uh, it can happen. So if don't pick up pennies in front of a volatile steamroller in this case so you start writing covered calls at strikes where it does pay you enough maybe instead of a few dollars you get paid like 40 to 50 dollars and that sounds pretty good but all of that really depends on how much it is per share how big your position is um, and then weebles also asks about deltas i don't look at deltas at all um, i might you know, reference it every now and then when I talk about probability of profit or chance of profit. Uh, but I like a 70% chance to win. And that's where I think covered calls make the most sense to me. And just to prove how little I looked at Delta, um, I had to like look at uh, what Delta I like with a 70% chance to win. And that looks like about 0.3 Delta from what I'm seeing on Google. So if you really wanted to know the delta number, it's 0.3. It's pretty standard. I think everyone does it this this much. Um, but I mean, sometimes I'll go to like 0.5. I think um, in case if like I feel like I'm close to my break even number with the premium included, I just want to get assigned at like maybe a few dollars profit on the entire stock position. Then I'll get a little bit more aggressive with the sort of probability of profit or the delta number. Um, but otherwise, yeah. Uh, just getting your cost basis down, 
to a price that makes sense to sell cover calls where you're not getting too little is better than selling your cover calls only for a few dollars and then seeing it shoot up. Because if the flip side happens, if the stock just keeps on going down, the few dollars aren't going to make that much of a difference anyway. You know, I think as stock traders, we really like to optimize. We like to be efficient. Um, but there's such thing as being efficient with the amount of risk uh, versus reward. And uh, this is kind of where the imbalance starts to happen. If you're just trying to always be as efficient as you can and try to maximize every single dollar by collecting every dollar, you can fall in the trap of collecting pennies or dollars in front of the steamroller. And in this case, your shares get called away maybe for a loss if you get too greedy and get try to get every last dollar selling the cover calls that don't make much sense to write. So that about wraps up for today's podcast. Uh, today's podcast is a little bit extra unstructured because I just spent so much time editing the video this week. Um, but the episode two of season three should be a little bit more streamlined. Uh, I want to give a, uh, or rather, I'm going to say the outro. Uh, this podcast, the website, and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash Signing up helps the services uh, stay up and alive as well as pay my own personal bills. I do the podcast, stream, and website full-time and is my primary source of income. I feel grateful to be able to do this full-time and my focus on providing the best service possible for free. The podcast, website, and stream are all free and it'll stay that way. Signing up for Patreon gives you a few perks, so check it out again at patreon.com slash if you're interested in helping support. Huge shout out to my patrons here. Uh, that's Fancy Wolf, Los Pepes, Mods, North Brizzle, Upstream Puddle, Ensis88, Espresso Bean, EDC, Travella, Desserts, Kevlar22, Cube Suki, Nala, J Perkins86, Louis BG, LPL, Alexander Kerm, Slow Motion, Restier, The Jester, Grandpa95, Young Rich, Chicken Dinner, Kaput, K21 Butler, Sumatrix, KJ Martin, Statistically Random, Turbo Ricky, uh, Maestro XC, Benadushi, NC Devman, Lord Skeletor, Major, Tekomi Elmo, Avrilian, uh, R.S. Schmitty, uh, Walt Whiteen, Danube 9000, McFly, Husk P, Mr. Integrity, Rooster, Kingswift 6, Garrix, Bearded Savage, Danghai, Caveman, Andy V, Arfman, Mememe, Vegeta, Plank, Cat, Migwini, IRL, and Maltman 1856. Wow. Yeah, that, that list is quite a long one now. Um, I don't think I've mentioned this before. Uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this in the last 1%. But uh, your boy broke even on rent on Patreon um, last week. So that was cool. If I mentioned it already, my bad. Um, but that was really cool. Uh, it's, of course, I broke even rent pre-tax. Post-tax, I still haven't broken rent. But, you know, it's the pre-tax that matters. Um, and uh, got the YouTube video done. So, you know... Uh, that was also just a huge amount of work, two and a half weeks of just, you know, doing something that I haven't done uh, really ever is like making a YouTube video and learning like what makes a good YouTube video like watchable to the end and doing all this new stuff. And it's been really fun, very fulfilling, but it's very tiring. Holy, holy moly. Um, but very lucky that I get to have a community that I trade with. And that's the Theta Gang community that I trade with every morning on the Twitch live stream. feels very good, you know, on days where we're all making money and talking and hanging out. 
Uh, we also had Valentine's Day. I did a Valentine's Day IRL stream. Not many people showed up. It was just something random during the during the day. Of course, I'm not gonna expect like stock traders to want to see me cook pasta uh, on camera. But what I did learn is that live streaming from your phone is super easy. So I'm definitely gonna be doing that for maybe my jujitsu matches. You know, that'd be kind of cool. I have a jujitsu competition this Sunday. Might turn on the camera. Might stream it that'd be that'd be so sick actually um but we'll see um content creation is really really cool and i'm excited to lean in more on it from here on out uh the podcast the website youtube and the stream are a lot that's that's for sure um as i lean into one more one part over the other especially with merch coming in like there's going to be some changes that are going to happen on some of the sort of content that i create like for example i don't think i could necessarily dedicate like an hour or an hour and a half or two hours every day putting towards uh, a script for the podcast so doing something a little bit more open form in terms of answering questions on reddit was a very off the cuff very last minute thing i decided to do today but it seems honestly i think it's a great way to engage with the community um but also you know it it doesn't require a lot of me like i don't know looking up companies numbers for example earnings reporting on earnings is very fun and i think it provides a lot of value but wow it takes a lot of my time so maybe you know one day um, or maybe like next season, I bring it back. But uh, I have a dedicated person writing me a script for earnings, you know, that I could pay on. I don't know, maybe the Twitch stream. Maybe someone wants to sign up and do it. <laughs> um, but it's cool. It's been fun um, giving season two a go. Uh, we're now in season three of the podcast. So we're going to just be answering questions on Reddit, answering questions from the email. If you want to email me a question, that's juni at thetagame.com. Uh, and, uh, yeah, excited for the YouTube premiere. Um, that will be on Tuesday. I have a link for it and I'll link it in the show description so you can watch the video right when it comes out. I'll be there live. There's like a Twitch or not like a Twitch, but a chat. Um, there's a chat that will be there and I'll be in that chat with the Twitch stream at the same time, uh, communicating to both people, uh, both chats. Um, and it should be fun. That was actually... If you heard the Discord notification, that was slow-mo asking if I want a bottle of the hot or sriracha. And I'm obviously going to say yes. Um, he's he's really great at making hot sauces. He's great at cooking. He's doing he's great at doing everything. But he's definitely really really great at cooking and making these hot sauces. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, I think. I mean, I think that's it. Honestly. I I'm just excited for the YouTube video to come out, and I'm gonna stop talking. Um, I need to eat for today. Right now, it's at, it's 4:05 p.m. I've been streaming. I've been making content. I've been editing stuff. I've been uploading stuff ever since um, like 8:30 this morning. So I'm gonna go cook something. I think I'm gonna cook a steamed egg, a Korean steamed egg. If you've ever if you've never had it before, you definitely have to have it. It's so good. Uh, but I just saw a video on how to make it earlier when i was using the restroom that might be tmi but who knows (laughs) or rather who cares 
it's the end of the podcast um i'm gonna go i'll see you guys next week uh and watch out for the video link in the show's description for this episode later and thank you